benefit of listening to me is to find alternative solutions for operational staffing. Hi, I'm Barbara Best. I'm an expert in the field of remote administrative support. I've asked my friend Carrie Quirt of KQ Consulting to interview me so that you have a better listening experience. Carrie knows how to draw a conversation out of me that is much more entertaining than me reading a page of content. Carrie, take it away. Ask me anything. Thank you so much, Barb. I'm so glad to be here with you. Okay, so you said that you specialize in remote support. Tell yes. me, tell our listeners why it's important for them to pay attention to this podcast and how they're going to benefit. It's important to pay attention because humans have evolved into a remote workspace okay. um, in various contexts. Now, to put that in context, 100 years ago, we were punching time clocks in manufacturing and counting how many pieces we produced. Right. 100 years later, we still have a nine to five mentality, more or right. less. And we've also evolved into an information age, an information culture. And technology has allowed us to work various times, various places, doing different things. So that blur, uh, sorry, the nine to five um, limitations, I guess you could say, is being blurred. Mm -hmm. And the other reason too, with technology, because of technology, we're no longer having to have bums and chairs all the time. So that brings a whole trust issue into play. And uh, yeah, it's just constantly evolving. Humans are evolving into a, a remote workspace. And I wanted to discuss and explore what that is, what it means, what it really means day to day for people in various contexts, whether it be entrepreneurship, nonprofits, associations. Um, I want to help people to understand what remote support is, what it can be, what it is not, and how it can help them in their context. That makes sense. Okay, so how do you fit with your expertise? What, how, what makes you an expert in this field? Lots of experience. <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me more um, yeah. about your experience. I've been uh, doing what I do. I own a remote support agency. I've been doing it for 16 years. Okay. I get to work out of my home office. Right. I'm on my second dog. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of fun together, him and I, we right. hang out. And for me, it's about uh, certainly earning a decent living, of course, but it's also about me and my life balance. And to me, that means a lot of focus on my health. That's why I, I left corporate in the first place. I was totally fried. Right. And um, so now health is first and foremost for me. And I found a way to manage all of that, make a decent living on my terms. And doing that for 16 years, that makes you an expert in your field. No question. Yeah. No question. And you said you have an agency, so you have a, a, a collection of staff that works with you? Yes, we have currently a team of 10 at the moment. Um, each person is an expert in their field. They, whatever it happens to be, uh, operations, bookkeeping, investment accounting, whatever it is, um, they provide services um, under my company. Okay. They are also contractors. Right. And um, 
we help each other actually because in most cases they don't want to be an employee they don't want to work 40 hours a week right they have other interests they want to keep their skills current and they want to make some money right uh but they want they in turn also want to do that on their terms so uh we help each other i help them providing employment they help me and my company by providing these services that clients are after. Okay. Okay. Now I wanted to ask you when we were speaking in, um, the other day, you mentioned to me about an invisible wall of non-trust. Yes. And I'm wondering how this series this podcast series that you've developed that you've, you're mm -hmm. starting it with, how is that going to help people who are baffled by that invisible wall of non-trust? Yeah. Well, um, it, I'm going to explore uh, by interviewing other entrepreneurs, uh, um, sorry, associations, nonprofits. I want to explore their take on that invisible wall of non-trust that crops up in remote relationships. Okay. And it comes from a context where humans, and this probably stems from 100 years ago when we were in manufacturing, Managers would say, well, if I can't see you working, that means you're not working, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Well, I think we've evolved in the last hundred years to be a lot more than that. Right. But yet that invisible wall of non-trust still comes up because we're doing more and more remote work. So I want to help people understand what it is, why it is, how to work with it, how to manage it. And let's be frank, some people don't trust other people. True. You know, that's just the way it is. True. But it is possible to have um, support services done remotely at a fraction of the cost of regular staffing. Right. It does take a bit of finesse, but yeah, it's possible and it works very, very well. Okay. Okay. Now I'm wondering if there's Actually, I'm not wondering. I'm certain because I know you and I know this kind of business based on what you and I've talked about. Yeah. Um, the trust issue yeah. um, where people, you know, like you said, if they can't see you working, then they don't believe you're working. Mm -hmm. um, that comes back to the age old thing that people are just starting to actually say out loud now that relationships are everything. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. Do you find that there's more of a... <sighs> I don't want to say skill set, but is, is it more of a, when you, finesse, I think is the right word when it comes to building relationships, because that's the trust building mm -hmm. with remote support. Do you, do you find that that's more of a, a significant piece of mm -hmm. success compared to, and I'm thinking of the corporate, when you mentioned the corporate world, yeah. people who have been employers and employees, there's not always trust there. That's and right. yet in this, in this scenario, if you're bringing somebody in from outside, mm -hmm. it's, that, it's very, very important that they build the trust. So would yeah. you say that that's a really big piece? I would say so. Okay. Even more so. Because humans are hardwired to interact face-to-face. -face. Face right. -face, we, we are hardwired that way. Right. If we're working in a remote environment, we have to work at that relationship building, that trust building a little bit more than normal than yes. if we were working face-to-face. -face. Even if we were in a face-to-face -face environment, like you just said, Carrie, if we're working in the same office, doesn't mean we trust each other. No. Not, not even all. close, no. right? So if you take that office away from the equation, right. you still have relationships, but there is no face-to-face. -face. So 
that changes the dynamic. And I believe we have to work at a little bit more. There are techniques to use in the online world, uh, video conferencing, video coffee, co uh, coffee breaks, you know, different other things that people do to still continuously build those relationships in virtual teams. So absolutely it's possible, but we have to work at it a little bit harder. Right. Yep. Okay. So based on that same information with the extended effort that's mm -hmm. required, mm -hmm. what kind of roadblocks have people thrown at you to say, well, I don't know. Cause I, you know, I want, again, the, you know, I, I want to see you in the little box beside yeah. you to make sure that you're working. Yeah. How do you, what kind of things do they, do they throw at you that say, oh, well, maybe not because. Yeah. Um, you'd be surprised what I've heard in 16 years. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> um, a couple of interesting ones come to mind. Okay. Um, one is the iconic entrepreneur who have grown their business or started their business out of an idea. Right. They've given birth to this business. It's their baby. They don't want anyone to interfere with it. They don't, they want to do everything themselves. But if they do that, they are going to stagnate because they need to be out building their business, meeting new people, potential clients, doing networking, all that stuff. They do not need to be in the office doing the paperwork. True. It's a waste of time and it's a waste of money. Yeah. If they want to grow their business and do what they love, they really do have to delegate. Um, I can't say as much as possible. I would say delegate what is reasonable right for them to grow their business but still have time to keep an eye on things but they do have to develop that trust right sometimes they can't or they don't want to build a trust with a resource enough to say here can you do my bookkeeping every month you know whatever it is right um, some entrepreneurs can't or won't do it I can't make them do it no. It's really up to them. And there again, that goes back to building a trust relationship. Right. You know, so, you know, it takes two to make delegating work. True you know? enough. Yeah. Okay. And, so what else besides that? Because I bet you there's more. Oh, yeah, there's tons. <laughs> uh, too many for this podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the other one that comes to mind that happens more often than... I would like is the discovery that your potential client is a micromanager. Oh, oh I know. Grown, yeah. grown. Yes. <laughs> it happens uh, quite often. And it has happened also that uh, remote support resource is also a micromanager. Right. So I'm sure they'll be getting on famously off they go do their thing. Right. But for most of us and me in particular, mm -hmm. I can't deal with micromanagers. It's just not where my headspace is. Right. It's a relationship to me. It's not us and them. Mm -hmm. uh, micromanagers, it's all about them. I, I don't work that way. Okay. You know, but that's just me. Um, another one that is, I think, on my top five favorites is the entrepreneur that will say well if this costs this much I may as well do it myself <laughs> yes yeah well yes. that happens more often than I'd like to think or you probably know about yes um, and the thing with that is it, they don't understand that two things happen by saying that they're taking time away from something else 
that okay. may be more important. They're also losing revenue when they say that. So I'll give you an example, Carrie. Okay. If you bill out at $300 an hour, right. just say, and you're doing your office bookkeeping, you're in the office doing bookkeeping for half a day. Right. That means that is $1,200 of lost revenue by not doing client work. Oh, true or enough, eh? It's four hours of time that could be spent at a high value networking event, attracting potential clients. Right. So it, there's that context. And when I explain that, some people go, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the other side of that is, if the task had been delegated to someone who lives for numbers, <laughs> yes. they could probably do it in half the time at a fraction of the cost. Yeah. So really, if you're in your office, Carrie, doing bookkeeping for half a day, it, it's it's just a loss to do that. It, well, it really is. And it would be draining because you don't yeah. really like doing bookkeeping. Yeah, most people don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> most people don't. There are occasional people who live for numbers and they can blast off a half day's work in like an hour. Yes. And so therefore, it would cost you less in the long run anyway, and you can write it off against your business. That's so, brilliant. To me, that would be a winning thing to do. Right. I'm just saying. Some people don't see it that way, but no, you know. it makes a lot of sense though. It really does. Because mm -hmm. when you, when you explain it that way, now that, that obviously is one of your strategies. Do you have other strategies that you can present to people so that they can move past these roadblocks? Yeah, for sure. Um, I like to sit people down if the pr prospective client is, um, wants to know more. I prefer to sit down with them one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's in person or on a video call or whatever it is. Right. And I do the math for them. I ask for their charge out rate. I ask them how much they time, time they spent on bookkeeping last month, you know, just as a general example. Right. And I work out the numbers and I tell them how much it would cost for us to do the same thing. And then we sit down and talk about it, what it really means for them. What does this address their pain points? Most of the time, yes, not always. They, they, sometimes the letting go trumps the cost. Sometimes it happens. People are like that. Yeah. I can only do what I can do, right? True enough. Yep. And um, by extension of that example, I also try to work to build their trust. Because when I meet them initially, they don't mean, know me from Eve. I, I could nope. be anybody. So I... Um, do different things. I try different things to earn their trust, perhaps uh, get them to talk to uh, one of my team members or an existing client if they're open to doing so. Right. And building to work that trust that, yes, what you need us to do is certainly viable. Right. Here's what it's going to cost you uh, compared to what you would charge out as a client rate, you know, and um, hopefully it'll progress from there. Okay. Um, question about something you have coined a term called pure work. Pure work. Tell Love me it. about that because I, yeah. I remember that that fit in with the same category of a strategic position when you're talking to a potential client. Yep, absolutely. It is a, and it leads perfectly to what I was just talking about. Pure Perfect. work. When I say pure work, I mean uh, clients only pay for the work that is performed they don't pay okay. for lunch hours they don't pay for coffee breaks as they would with an employee right 
only paying for the services that we provide. So our evaluation, and this is an interesting dynamic as well, the evaluation of our work is based solely on the work that's performed. If you had that same kind of scenario in an office setting, are you evaluated on just the work? Or are you also evaluated on how often you come to work on time? Yep. How many coffee breaks do you take during the day? Mm-hmm. Are you late for lunch? Mm-hmm. All these different things, but in a remote support setting, that doesn't come into play. It right. only is about the services provided and the work done. And that's a big difference. It is. It really is. It's a more true comparison, I think. And it's not skewed. And it, it's kind of funny, too, because we're moving into remote support uh, and that whole information kind of culture. So the uh, evaluations are different now than they were in corporate office. Yes, true enough. Right? So, yeah, that's an interesting uh, way of looking at it for sure. And Mm -hmm. it does give us a bit of an edge because we can compare apples to apples by doing that. Yes. Saying you're paying for this as an employee or if you have employees, you're paying for all this extra stuff. Yeah. With the remote support and your contract, you're paying for just that. Yeah. Right. Chances are they're getting somebody that specializes in just that. Yes. And because they love what they do, they'll do it in half the time. Yeah. And likely a lot better than somebody that's brought in to say, you know, if they're in an admin position, but we want you to build PowerPoints and maybe PowerPoints aren't their strong suit, but it's part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. I know that makes total sense. And sometimes too, and I'm sure it's not just with admin people. Sometimes they just get a job because they need a job. Yeah. And you know, that that's their reality. Um, and they may like it, they may not like it, you know? So no, true enough. Yeah. Well, and it makes a difference when you have happy people, when people are happy doing the work that they're doing, it's all the way around. Everybody benefits, everybody benefits as opposed to having somebody that's grumbly and, Mm -hmm. you know, not enjoying the task that they've been given. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it makes so much more sense. And, and there again to carry remote support, being a remote support provider, right. Isn't for everyone. No. You know, uh, people, some people, they need to go somewhere to work every day. They just need to do that. Right. It took me about six months to get used to the idea of working from home. Wow. Because I'd always gone out to work since I was 16. Right. And um, working from home, once I got the hang of the idea, I thrive in my environment. And I'm so productive. It's peace and quiet. I don't. I'm not good with ambiguity and watercolor chats and all that stuff, mm-hmm. gossip, whatever. <laughs> Don't do good with that at all. Nope. So it, for, a remote, for someone who's thinking about working remotely, um, it's not for everyone. It, some, there, you know, you see a lot of this stuff on um, social media. You know, it's the way to work. It's this. It's so much freedom. It's that. It's the other thing. Yeah, it can be. But if you're wired not, that way, if you're wired that way, it's not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Now, with all these wonderful examples you've just given me, mm-hmm. can you give me a case study that can help our listeners mm-hmm. see a transformative experience for one of your clients? Because I mean, for me, it's all about, you know, the opportunity that you're providing everybody right now is, 
you know, your expertise in the area and how they can benefit in their own business. And I, I'm not sure if we talked about it, but you said that you specialize in micro and small business. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's perfect. So if, if somebody like that is listening, mm -hmm. what kind of transformational experience can you relay from one of your clients that, so they can, they can actually go, Oh, that's really what happened. Yeah, I can. There's a very good example. One of my favorites, it's um, because it's uh, such a short turnaround. It's less than two years. Oh, wow. Um, the client came on with us in July 2018, I believe it is. Right. And they um, had to, uh, their previous support provider left to have a baby or something, whatever it was. Right. Uh, they had to find a new resource for their back office support. And they approached us through networking and business contacts and so on. And they told us right up front that they're having a bit of financial difficulties and they're operating in the red. They'll be able to pay us most of the time kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I was kind of thinking, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and they were so passionate about what they do and why they're, they're, they're metier, why they're doing what they're doing. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll take you on. Sure. Okay. Wonderful. So, um, that was 2018, I believe it was. Right. Uh, they were going from operating in the red to now, because they've continued their back office support, uh, us providing those services remotely, their board and committee members have now been able to focus on membership uh, recruitment and retention, right. building relationships, doing different things. And over the course of a year and a half, essentially, they now have money coming in from their AGM and conferences. They have upgraded their website, so member renewals are automated. Oh, wow. They, uh, their AGM has a sponsorship program in the five figures. Wonderful. So for me, I'm extremely proud of what they've done. And it is because they recognize the value of delegating their back office operations so in other words board and committee members aren't bogged down with you know doing all the paperwork and new member kits and all that stuff right they're off doing their thing they're uh they're on social media they're talking to people they're doing uh program development events all that stuff uh to bring in membership revenue and it's working and it uh, works marvelous. very well so it's yeah totally very rewarding rewarding and it actually does work for sure well and that's a perfect case study because like you said in a year and a half turnaround time that's yeah. crazy i mean be, most yeah. people wouldn't even think that was possible it's possible especially yeah. with something as simple mm -hmm. as delegating the back office i yep. mean it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sound like i mean it, it sounds simple and yet when you go into the detail that you've gone into while mm -hmm. we've chatted yep. there's a lot involved in it but by doing that extra work and and handing it off to you mm -hmm. they've just grown that's wonderful yeah. though yeah oh my goodness it, you should be proud i am very proud i'm very proud of them as well and my team of course who support yes. them every day they uh they're they're all wonderful people to work with and they make working with them very easy but right. like you say it it's a very broad stroke to say oh they went from from operating in the red to operating in the black and five figures and so on 
that's fine to say that in summary, but yes, there are a lot of components that happen every day in order to make that happen. Right. And well, but again, yeah, yeah. This, take, this looks at your expertise, knowing mm -hmm. yeah. from the time that you've been in business to see mm -hmm. what steps have to be taken to, mm -hmm. to make that possible. Yeah. And that's yeah, it's exciting. not a it's not a set it and forget it kind of thing. No, you know it. You do have to provide the remote support resource with what you want done, the infrastructure, the reporting, the right. who's who in the zoo, the schedules, and all that stuff. Right. And once the onboarding is finished, the transition is, you know, pretty much underway. Right. Uh, they let us go and we do our thing and we check in with them and we, you know, we report, we hit deadlines, you know. Um, but yeah, they, they, they do check in with us weekly and uh, we ask the question, what's coming up? What's this? What's that? So everybody's um, ready. How can we improve? Um, is there anything we missed? You know, you know, right. that kind of thing. And that keeps everyone, you know, on the playing field and working seamlessly. You know? Yeah, that's, so, and again, it's yeah. all relationships that you're just absolutely building, right? Yeah, and it's about trust as well. Yes. They trust us to do our job every day and we trust them to, you know, work with us and let us know uh, what's going on, what's happening, what's not happening, you know, and we just get done, we get stuff done. Congratulations. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. It is fun. It's, it it is. has been fun for sure, for sure. Right on. Okay, <laughs> so I have one last question and then I'm going to hand the mic back to you even though okay. we both have our own. Sure. Um, for people who are listening, yeah. how would you like what, what would be the first actionable step that you'd like them to take to make the best use of the information that you're sharing in this podcast and upcoming episodes? How would you like them to, what would you like them to do? Oh, for sure. Uh, first and foremost, please, please do leave me comments or feedback on this platform, whatever okay. it happens to be, YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever, okay. wherever we happen to land this podcast, please let me know. And also please do give me ideas. I'm looking for subject items what I can interview uh, people about. Right. Let me know your questions, your concerns, your ideas for future podcasts and how I can help you solve your problem. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. okay. And you can also drop me a line as well, barbara at virtualworks.ca. Okay. You can also visit our website, virtualworks.ca, of course. Okay. And then we're only on LinkedIn, or sorry, I should say we're exclusively on LinkedIn, <laughs> linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash virtual works. Marvelous. And you mentioned once before when we were chatting that you might be looking for people to interview. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. If, um, if this kind of podcast uh, fodder is appealing to you and you might be interested in doing a future podcast with me, please do drop me a line again at my email address, barbara at virtualworks.ca. Marvelous. Okay. Thank you for inviting me in today. I'm going to give it back to you now. Okay. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope this information was helpful, and I look forward to providing you with more insights very soon. I'm Barbara Best, CEO of Virtual Works, Inc.